There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh. Jim Price has got the day off, heading up to South Dakota for an event to go speak at. And uh, yeah, you know what? I've I've uh, I've had an interesting week, and I've had a lot of time to think and recollect and and kind of look at things. And the more and more I look at the outside world, the more I look at the politics that are happening, the agenda that is unfolding, the more I become convinced that there is an agenda going on in this world to make humanity miserable, depressed, sad, in fear, and to basically make them live in a state of hell. And the reason I say that is because think about how our news and media operate. It's not sunshine and daydream. It's not about going out there and telling people all the good that's happening in the world. Because there is a lot of good that happens in the world. There's good that happens in the world every day. Huge stories of good things that happen every day. But yet our news and media, they just simply focus on all the negative, all the bad, all the horrific. Anything that promulgates fear. Our politicians, they bring about legislation. They, they make it come to points of fear. They fear monger upon that legislation. Like, if you don't pass this, the world's going to end. You have to wonder what's really going on. Talked to quite a few friends this last week, and a lot of them are, are feeling just really down, depressed, and sad. And I'm betting there's people out there in this audience right now that are feeling that same way. And let me help you out here. It's not you. It's not you that is that, that is that way. But instead, the environment around you that is being manipulated in such a fashion to make you feel that way, to make you become that. Many know that I have uh, studied the world of the occult and what is known as esoteric mysteries for uh, well over coming up on three decades now, since I was a wee little teenager in Caledonia, New York, and... Uh, I've learned a lot in those decades of, of researching this hidden knowledge from mankind. And when I say occult, you know, don't take that in the wrong context to think something evil. It's not. It just means hidden from the eye. It's, it's an idea. It's a concept. It's knowledge. It's information. It's allegory. It's symbolism. And these things have much deeper meaning within the minds of human beings. Anything that is outwardly expressed has a symbolic nature that is genetically 
interwoven into who we are, to the fiber of what we are. If you don't believe me about that, think about it for a minute like this. Is that you get your base operating program from your mother. When you're in that womb, you're like a clean slate. You, you don't have language. You don't have uh, visual images. You don't have any of that stuff. But you do. And the question is, is how do you? Well, it's because you're entangled with your mother's neurological systems. And so everything that your mother feels, you feel. Everything that your mother sees and hears, you see and hear. And this provides the base functionality for that infant as they grow up. Now, if that's embedded within the fiber of, your, of the cells of your body as you develop in that womb, and that same story goes for your mother and your mother's mother and your father and your father's mother and then the generation before them and the generation before them and the generation before them. Then this means that there is this kind of biological sequencing of genetic memory that is passed down. It's interesting to look at it that way, isn't it? But it makes a lot of sense when we start to see it. And so when we talk about the symbolic nature, when we talk about the allegorical nature, the mythology of the past, there's lots of information that's hidden within them. And the information that's hidden within them, well, our ancestors knew a lot about life. They knew a lot about how life evolves, about creation and destruction, about societal upturns and downturns about the cycles of man, the cycles of nature. There's one very important law out there, and Isaac Newton epitomized this within the physical laws, known as, uh, I believe it's Isaac Newton's second law of motion, which is an object, or so it's uh, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. We call this the law of cause and effect. Now, when we talk about occultism, there's hundreds of natural laws. And when we talk about natural law, what we're actually talking about is we're talking about how consciousness, how a conscious being interacts with reality. As you interact with reality, there are certain procedures, protocols, laws, and rules on how that all happens. There's a way of how nature unfolds. These are the natural, right? The natural nature's laws, the physical laws. Among them are these, these natural laws that we're talking about, and then how consciousness interacts is another part of the natural law. But there's one of them called the law of cause and effect. And when you look at these things in an occult or esoteric fashion, you have to look at them allegorically, symbolically. You have to look at them mythologically. And mythologically is, is a perspective that what you take is... Attributing to the archetype, I think, is the best definition there. Attributing to the archetype. And the archetype is this construct that's created in your mind. And it's interesting because the same pattern of that construct is intertwined within all minds of all human beings. And they tend to express themselves on an instinctual basis. And it goes back to that same pattern of birth that occurs out of the mother's wombs that we were talking about a minute ago. And so one thing I want you to look at in the sense of the law of cause and effect today, 
Because if you are suffering, if you're in pain, if you're in fear and you're looking around the world around you and life isn't going just right and, and it, it's hard out there and, and you know depression has taken over or whatever it might be, you didn't get the job and you're unemployed or you don't have no money or you know your, your kids are not grown up the way that you wish them to or, or whatever it might be, understand this one law. And the law that I'm going to present to you is, is in a, a very spiritual and mental form, very spiritual, mental, and physical form. And I, you have to look at everything when we talk about these things in that perspective. You have to look at them as in the physical form, you have to look at them in the mental form, and you have to look at them in the spiritual form. But the law of cause and effect, you know, if I, if I push on something, that thing is going to push back at me an equal amount and it's going gonna, it's gonna to move forward and it's going to cause interactions within its environment. So we think about this as this physical law of reality. But in actuality, it, it's really this, this mental construct that's created. Let me explain. Cause and effect are not things or objects. They're nouns. They're realms of existence. You can either exist in the realm of causation or you can exist in the realm of effect. And us as human beings, we tend to go back and forth between the two, depending upon how our life is unfolding, how our mind is built up, the mental power and acuity and, and, and uh, discipline that we've built up depends on where we align with that. And I'll start with the realm of causation first. See, the realm of causation, there's a, a great axiom that kind of helps explain this, is that if you receive a paycheck from an employer, you are receiving a bribe to forget about your dreams and work for somebody else's, typically the owner of the company. Because the owner of the company gives down the orders which are given to you, of which you freely give up your time to commit to those orders, of which you're paid money. And those orders eventually will come back around and gain profits for that business owner, allowing him to obtain his dreams, all the while you're selling out your time. The land of effect, the realm of effect, is reactionary. It's that we react to our environment without any level of critical analysis of filtering. We accept what is happening simply because it is happening. That's the realm of effect. Now let me preface it in a different context. You're on social media and you're scrolling through your Facebook feed or your Twitter feed or whatever it might be. And you start seeing various different ads and then all of a sudden you start seeing posts and these posts go in there and they affect you subconsciously. You might not know it, but they do. And they're emotionally derived. Eventually, that ad is going to pop up at the right time, at the right moment and says, do you want to do something about this here emotion? Click here. We can alleviate it. We can help it. And you click there and you buy it because that's how marketing works at least on the internet. We have algorithms out there that develop what's known as an egg about you. I'll talk more about this here in a second. We'll be right back with more Dark Light Show. 
Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dark Delight show. And so, social media, they, they use an algorithm. What this algorithm actually does is it goes out there and produces what I call micro-emotional stimulants. Now, what's that, you ask? Well, what it is is a way to manipulate your biochemistry, your body. And it's interesting how they do this, is that you have various habits and behaviors. And these algorithms track that, and they learn about your habits and behaviors. They learn about your actions, what you're clicking on, because this helps them dictate what your ideas and your thoughts are. And once they have that down, now they can target you with various different advertisements. And so let's say that they have a certain advertisement that they want you or they have a potential of which you will purchase or buy. What will begin happening is the algorithm will formulate a methodology to subconsciously, without your knowledge, subconsciously, influence you to click on that. And so as you're scrolling Facebook or so forth, on the peripherals, on the right-hand and the left-hand side of the page, there's going to be things that are going to fly by, words strategically placed, images strategically placed, that are going to give you micro-emotions. These micro-emotions will build up inside of you. And you won't even know it. You won't even know that you're having an emotional reaction. Eventually, like a glass of water, the cup of emotion gets full. And guess what? That algorithm has that timed out to a T. And as you're scrolling, it knows exactly when that emotion's full. It's going to place something in front of you. Please donate today to the starving children in Africa. They need your help. Click here to donate now. And you click on it and you give the money. That's how that operates in the external world, at least on social media. But what if I told you it's no different from Fox News or CNN? What if I told you it's no different in how politicians interact with you and communicate with you? Because it's not. Here's the interesting thing. This realm of effect... What is basically happening here is information, because everything that we're talking about here is information, right? Is that we have an environment outside of us, that environment we have a relationship with. We have a relationship with our environment and we interact within that relationship. Well, how do we interact with it? Electromagnetically. You're like, well, Josh, I hear sounds. That's not electromagnetic. Oh, yeah, it is. You have a compression wave that goes by your ear and basically think of a compression wave as collapsing air and then recollapsing it in a waveform. It produces amount of noise that goes into your ear canal, gets slightly amplified, goes to the, the eardrum, which are some bones. They begin vibrating at the same rate of the noise level, the compression level. That vibration produces electrical signals. In your brain. Touch. You touch something. What's actually happening there is the electromagnetic forces within the atomic structure 
of your body is interacting with the electromagnetic forces of another structure. You're not actually touching anything. You don't actually touch anything throughout your whole life. There is a degree of separation between all things that you come in contact with. Even though we might feel like my finger is touching, if you look down on the atomic level, all you're going to see is forces interacting. Taste, smell, both of those produce electrical impulses within your brain. And sight, obviously, the biggest one. Light comes into your eyes. It produces vibrations within the rods and the cones of your eyes. That travels down the optic nerve to your cerebral cortex to where it stimulates electrical impulses within the neurons firing in certain ways and directions and forms, memorizing the patterns that are coming in from the firing of the rods and the cones and produces what we consider to be reality. So our environment is full of electromagnetic interactions. But if we would just want to call it what it is, it's information. It's patternized electromagnetic signals that derive information. And it doesn't matter if it's a complexity of a news broadcast or if it's the sun reflecting off of a beautiful plant and flower. It's patternized information. And that information, when it goes into our body, our physical sense, it has a mental reaction the mental world that we exist in is an emergent effect of the functionality, the biochemistry, the bioelectric effect of the body operating together and then of your consciousness that taps into it. The consciousness and the body working together produce an emergent effect that we call mind. And this mind is yours. It, it's yours unto your own. It's completely unique unto you. So as information comes in, it has the ability to influence that emergent phenomena. And this is exactly what happens every day in your life. As we look out into the world, and the world provides us with massive amounts of information. And most people, most, not all, most people simply accept what the environment is telling them because that's what they've done their whole lives. They sat through kindergarten through 12th grade. They had teachers that told them what the world was like and this is how you do math and this is what science is. And they've accepted it simply because that's what the authority said. People get on, turn on C-SPAN and they watch Lindsey Graham or or. McCarthy or McConnell come out there and say, this, this is the best deal that we can come up with for the debt ceiling and we're, we're going to pass it tonight in the Senate. Because they believe that those people are the most well-informed people within that area of discussion and they can make those decisions. I know that's a pretty good uh, Mitch McConnell interpretation. I, I, I know. I've been complimented for that before. I also do Alex Jones. But what am I trying to get to here? Is that in the realm of causation, we are easily influenced by external phenomena, external information. 
And if that information in the external environment is somehow manipulated to influence you into a varying degree, and you're not aware of it, if you're ignorant or nescient of it, then you become a victim. And what if I told you that in Freemasonry, there are two paths known. There is the left-hand path, and there is the right-hand path. The right-hand path is that of the student to the master. We call it the path of white magic, the path of, of freedom, of justice, of indi individualized service to others. And then you have the black magic pass, path. Selfishness, greed, gluttony, all these things come about from it. It's more aligned with Aleister Crawley's Do What Thou Wilt. And see, black magic, and I know that word is, is scary for some people, magic. We're not talking about Harry Potter's Illumino turning a wand into light here. We're talking about real magic, stuff that actually works, and you use it every day whether you realize it or not. Black magicians, Satanists, if you want to look at some of these, uh, most of the Satanists I would, I would consider not to be magicians, but the people that control them are. See, they are affected by the same rules and laws of the universe that you and I are. Have you ever heard that a Satanist or a black magician must tell you what they're going to do before they do it? You see it all the time. This is why Pedro's from the WHO comes out and says, we're going to have another pandemic within the next five years. Because they're telling us. We'll be right back with Dark Delight Show. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dark Delight Show. And back to Dark Magic. See, they have to tell you what they do before they do it. And the reason is, is because of natural law, because there's karmic infliction that occurs. When you improperly use natural law, karma will come back to haunt you. And basically what this is, is just the law of cause and effect. That if you influence the universe in a certain way, that influence will come back to you a hundredfold. But see, black magicians got smart. And what they understood was this, that if they could tell somebody who didn't know about any of this stuff, that they were going to influence them, and how they were going to influence them, and yet they still did it, then the consequences of that person would be the benefit for them. Did you follow that? Because that's what we're talking about here is that a dark magician, what they do is they prey on people who are in a state of ignorance or nescience to natural law. Nescience meaning you don't know what you don't know. You've never been introduced to these ideas or concepts. You have no idea what they are. And so therefore you don't know. Ignorance being you're aware of it, but you choose not to even care about it. And what dark magicians do 
is they say, hey, we're going to manipulate you with information. Hey, we're going to lock you down and put masks on your face. Hey, we're going to we're going to have another pandemic. They tell you what they're going to do. And then when they do it, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, another pandemic. Holy crap. This is this is crazy. Oh, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Even though they told you they're going to do it. See, that's how the dark magician works, and it works very well for them, because the consequences from the ignorant and the nescient, when they interact with the universe around them, they produce consequences, because they're out of harmony with God's law, with natural law. And since they operate out of harmony, in violation of natural law, they produce consequences. They feel the blunt of those consequences. But the consequences produce ripples and waves that go throughout the universe, and guess what happens? Those consequences benefit the dark magicians. Prime example is lockdowns. Prime example is COVID-19, the vaccine. These are prime examples of what we're talking about here. So how do you fight this? Well, guess what? There's a very easy way to fight that. And it's simple. It's my actually my pomato at the Red Pill Project. Never believe anything anyone tells you, no matter who they are or what authority they possess or profess, unless you can prove it with your own research, your own investigation, through your own inquiry and through your own volition. It is really that simple, people, is that you have to put filters up to your mind, your body, and your senses. You cannot just blindly accept something because you read it on a meme or you heard it on 60 Minutes or Walter Conkright or because someone you trust told you or because Donald Trump said it was this. You have to question everything. You have to have a hypercritical analysis of the information that's being presented to you in reality. Someone said to me the other day that uh, some famous actor died. And I said, no, he didn't. I googled it. He's still alive. Like, oh, oh, they must have got some bad information. Yeah, that's how this works. And it's no different when we're talking about a pandemic, when we're talking about an economic collapse, when we're talking about the government going, well, we need this debt ceiling to pass so that we can last till the end of 2025 and that we, we, can, we can survive and our economy will grow and our GDP will grow. It's all lies. Because if you actually went out there and did the research, what you find out is that the situation is dire. The situation is bad. It's not good. It is not going to work out well for the American people. We are in the midst of the largest the largest transference of wealth in human history. And nobody seems to care. Everybody's like, we gotta help Ukraine. We gotta fight off those mean old Russians. Just Mike Pompeo. Mike Pompeo, a man I respected for many years. Former director of the CIA, former Secretary of State under Donald Trump. Came out yesterday and said, If you want to win the war in Russia, then we need to give Ukraine more money and weapons. What? Whatever happened to diplomacy? Whatever happened to peace negotiations? 
They don't care. Because they know by creating these events, they have ripples of effects. And those ripples and effects will all lead to the destruction of the United States of America. The economic decline, collapse, de-dollarization, digital currency, CBDCs. That's just on the economic side. So you have to have this hypercritical analysis. You have to put these filters up to your eyes and your ears and to your senses around you. Use your spidey senses and say, when someone says something to you, even if it's me, you say, I'm going to write that down or I'm going to remember that. And I'm going to go check on that and see how valid that actually is. I'm not going to accept it within my belief system. I'm not going to accept it within my paradigm of understanding of the world until I know certainly that it's true. Or at least that it has inklings of truth. That's how we all should operate. That's how the white magician operates. The white magician understands that information from the environment is what dictates human culture, emotion, brings about the foundations of society. That if you can manipulate the environment of information around a human being without their knowledge, but tell them in a very subtle way that it's happening, you can control populations, you can control a country, or you can destroy it. So how does the white magician work? How does the, how does the other realm work? The realm of causation. This is interesting. This is one of my arguments against artificial intelligence as well, because there's something that we can do that artificial intelligence can't, and I don't think it'll ever be able to. And I think that this is why there is so much research going on right now within these realms pertaining to artificial intelligence. See, what happens inside your mind, and imagine this, you have an esoteric world and an exoteric world, an internal spiritual world, external spiritual world. You have an internal universe inside you. This is where the realm of causation occurs. Your imagination has hopes, desires, wants. It has loves. It has all different types of things that it imagines within it. Created or picked up by the vibration of God, I don't know. But they're there. And then we have controlled imagination to where we can direct at least to some degree the flow of what we wish to see within the world and within our life and when we take those and we attach emotion to them and we see the end state and how we feel with that end state that's called intention when we intentionally direct that imagination towards a desired Emotional effect, physical effect, and mental effect. That begins producing ideas of how that can happen. And when you follow through on those ideas and you implement a level of discipline, they formulate habits and behaviors. And then through acting with those habits and behaviors, when they come second nature, 
that has actions and influences into your external world. And those actions and influences in your external world react with the universe and environment around you. And those reactions produce either benefit or consequence. Welcome to the world of magic, because that's all it is. It's directing your mind through your own will. That is, quite literally, free will. It's utilizing your imagination to imagine something that's not created, that's not there. Implementing that through a series of ideas that come to you through the ether. Organizing a level of discipline. Taking that discipline, expanding it out into habits and behaviors, taking those habits and behaviors, creating actions and influences. From those actions and influences, we have reactions within the environment. And then you have results, benefits, or consequences. All right, we'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dark Delight Show. So we started this conversation on talking about how people are feeling. Because I know, I know, I can feel it within me because I feel it within myself that people are suffering. People are, are scared. They're in fear. They're depressed. They're suffering. They're hurting. Times are tough, I know, and they're about to get a lot tougher. Things are going to be hard for a while. And so what we have to do is we have to understand that our minds create our reality. That right now in your imagination, I wonder what's going on, but if you are in that depressed state, if you are in that sad state, if you are in that state that's reminiscing, guess where your imagination is? Your imagination is focusing on the past. Your imagination is running through what-ifs, would-bes, memories, things that have happened before. And if you put that into the equation that I just gave you, then what does that do? It sparks up thoughts and ideas. Those thoughts and ideas aligned with discipline reinforce habits and behaviors. Habits and behaviors create action and influence. That action and influence interacts with your external world, producing a manifestation of that feeling. Hmm. Interesting, huh? Imagine greater. Imagine tomorrow. When I used to the, do the, the whole coaching thing, there was one thing that I would tell the people. I said, imagine the day that you, that you die. Whether it's tomorrow or a hundred years down the road or a thousand years down the road. Who knows what technology will bring. And you're walking down this long hall to meet your God. To meet God, the Creator. And you're getting closer to Him and, and you see standing next to Him a person. And that person begins to come into focus, and, it, and you notice that it's you. But yet, it's a, you know, it's a fitter version of you. Better hair. Nice big old smile, good teeth. And you get up in front of God, and you say, God, I, I'm here, and, you know, why, why am I next to you? And God looks at you and says, 
This is my image of you that I created. This is you that I created in my image. This version of you next to me is the one that went out there and accomplished everything. All the potential came full that I put and instilled within that person. And then God looks at you and says, did you live up to it? What do you and this person have in common? What do you and this one that I created in my image, standing next to me, what do you two have in common? And for a lot of people out there, you'll find that that person is a stranger. For some people, you might find that there was, there's some good opportunities in life. For the very, very rare percentage of the population, they might be 50% there. But see, God is instilled with you a mass potential for greatness, for beauty. Within you exists an image of God. For Jesus said, I have done great things, but you shall do great things and greater. Think about that for a moment. If you know how to use the mind, if you train the mind, the mental faculties, the imagination, if you, if you strap down and you force discipline aside into yourself, because guess what? There is no other way to learn discipline other than to force it upon yourself. You have to become your own tyrant to, to get discipline. But when you take that imaginative thought of the future state of your existence, the future emotional state of your existence, of what you wish to see within the world, what you wish to see within your life, of where you want to be, the happiness that you feel. Imagine greatness. That gets aligned with ideas that start flowing into your brain. And guess what? They put smiles on your face. Imagine what it's going to be like in two years when you have this or that or, or life is going this way or that opportunity presents itself. And then you hunker down and say, well, I need discipline to focus in on these thoughts. And you create new habits and behaviors. And those habits and behaviors drive actions. And just like dropping a phone in front of you, or whispering into an ear of a stranger. All actions and influences have ripple effects within the universe that will come back to you a hundredfold. Those good deeds done when nobody's looking are recognized and recorded by God and the universe around you. Those are the moments where God's image really truly does shine. Is what do you do when nobody's looking? What do you do when the world calls upon you to serve? What will you say in the eyes of God when the comparison is drawn between the you God created in his image and the life you lived? Did you exist in the realm of causation where you continuously just reacted to the environment around you without any critical thought whatsoever? Without hyper-analyzing 
everything around you and saying this information is manipulated and propagandized and it's trying to influence me in this way, shape, or form. So therefore, I choose no. Think about sports fanatics. They go see a a football game on a Sunday of their favorite team and they're in the stadium. And it's a clinch playoff game. And the team loses. And that person is, is crying and yelling and screaming and having an emotional breakdown. That's the realm of causation. That is the instinctual lower man as perceived within occult lore and knowledge. That is the one that derives their actions in the world from instinct, from the animalistic aspect of themselves. For we must rise above the influences of the external world, peer down upon them, and see how they are trying to influence or benefit us. And we must do that with all information in this day and age, because information dominates all domains of our life, all domains that we exist within. Every single one of us are magicians, whether you want to accept that or not. And the reason I say that is because you influence your external environment. You influence other human beings. You influence the vibrations, the waves, and the resonances of your external environment around you. And just like a pebble dropped in the ocean will produce ripples that will travel through the ends of time, so do your thoughts, so do your actions, and so do your influences. So I bid you to to use them wisely. I bid you to learn how it works, how it operates. Because your current state, your current attitude and mood, demeanor, are all brought about because of that process we just discussed. That how you feel right now or how you feel tomorrow is dependent upon how well you dream, how well you imagine, and what you do with the information that comes into your senses. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. We will see you guys next week in another episode of the Dark Delight Show. Take care. Have a great day. Talk to you soon.